0: chapter 3. I believe, Sister Claire, this is a message straight from God for his people this morning. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, and I want to meet you at verse 13. Philippians chapter 3. I want to meet you at verse number 13. How many of you need some encouragement this morning? Here then is the writing of the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. Let me read verse one first, and then I want to read verse thirteen. Paul opens up by saying, "Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord." How many need some joy in your life? Amen. To write the same things to you to me indeed is not grievous, but for you. It is safe, my Lord. Look at verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You may be seated in the presence of Almighty God to somebody and tell them, learn how to forget about it. And And press on. on. Come on, say it like you mean it. Learn how to forget about it. And press on. on. I want to talk to you from the subject, two words this morning, press press on. Press on. In Philippians 3, Brother Johnson, Paul is giving us his spiritual biography. Bishop Marcus, he's given us his spiritual biography, which in houses or in cases, his past, verses 1 through 11, his present, verses 12 through 16, and also his future, Sister Claire, verses 17 through 21. It is in this book we have already met Paul, the accountant. Who discovered new values when he met Jesus and was born again. Do I got any witnesses in here this morning who can honestly declare that they discovered some new value of life after they met Jesus? Is there anybody in here that's willing to be real, Royanna? To be real? Now, I don't want no fake phony Christians in here this morning. But is there anybody in here that can keep it 100 and be real to the fact that I used to be some things, but now in Christ I'm something else? Well, see, you thought you really was all that in a bag of chips outside of Christ, but you really have discovered you have matured spiritually to the point that you now understand that you wasn't really all that you thought you were, but now that you are in Christ, you are showing up somebody. In this section, we meet Paul, who is no longer the accountant, but Sister Claire, we meet Paul who is now the athlete. He's not only an athlete, but he's an athlete with spiritual vigor, spiritual vitality. And he finds himself pressing towards the finish line of this Christian race. How many of you understand that we are in a race... I said, we are in a spiritual race, Sister Kim, and and we're pressing towards the finish line. And I gotta tell you that if you're in a race, you just can't do what you wanna do, but you got to really participate and give your all to meet the finish line. And another thing, you can't just jump in a race, you gotta, that got to be some preparation for the race. Bible scholars are not in agreement this morning, Brother Johnson, as to whether Paul was talking about a foot race or whether Paul was talking about a chariot race, but in my own personal study, I just believe that Paul is using as a metaphor uh, a foot race and not a chariot race. Paul had to press on paul 's intense yearning and his striving for spiritual perfection is expressed in his metaphorical language of the athlete. It is an allusion to the ancient Olympian foot race in Greece. Leaving out of these words is an expression of dualistic desire. I said dualistic a desire. A desire not to experience the agony of defeat, but rather to experience the ecstasy of victory. Do I have anybody in here this morning that has some expectation to reach the finish line of this Christian life and receive the rewards of heaven? A reward that can never be given by any other than God. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the day when I cross that spiritual finish line. Paul had to press on this linguistic contextual definition of the Greek word dioko is to pursue or speeding on earnestly. This in our English translation it is translated as own. You see, the Greeks used to describe the hunter eagerly pursuing his prey. A man does not become a winning athlete by listening to lectures. He does not become a winning athlete by watching movies. He does not become a winning athlete by simply reading books. He has to get into the race Marcus, and he has to be have, he has to have a determination to win. I gotta tell you this morning if you're just in the race to be in the race then you are in the wrong place. If you have come to Central Point just to be in the number you have come with the wrong intent. We are running a spiritual race and we need every foot soldier to have a determination to reach the finish line I wish I had some help in here I said we cannot become a great athlete just by observing can't you see the eagle running athletes stretching out and straining the closely he gets to the finish line Didn't you see how he began to stretch forward and lean forward, hoping to break the tape before the next opponent? That's the idea that all of us must carry in our mind. And that was the intent. Of the Hebrew writer, when he talks in Hebrews ten around verse twenty-three and twenty-four, that was his idea that if you want to have some jealousy, if you want to be a hater, then you need to be a spiritual hater. And what he's saying is, is that my race ought to provoke you to a godly race, my work ought to provoke you to good works, my faith is to provoke in you a great faith. we too many times in the church where are hating on. Other, but we're hate not because of spiritual things. Pressing on to reach the finish line. I hear a note of doggedness in this phrase. They have these words, press on, I press on, have the steel of determination in them. It has a note of Sister Clara of persistency. Yes, you know, it has a note of perseverance. It has a ring of tenacity. Uh, the glow trotting apostle is saying that in the service of the Lord, I hope you're listening, CP, that time does not wear down our spirits. I know, I know, I know that sometimes we feel like we come to a place of burnout. And I've shared with Brother Johnson on different occasions that I must be honest, and, and it is true that men and women both alike get to a point of desperation. We get to a point of burnout. But I know of no other of place where this is true, like in spiritual matters. You see, athletes must retire because their vigor and coordination passes them away, passes by. Beauty queens got to step aside as their wrinkles begin to take control of their faces. Am I right about it? Politicians must step down because they lose their lust in their steps. But let me tell you this, can I preach it like I feel it? When you are a child of God and you have a faith in God and He has proven himself to be a good trainer. He has proven himself to be a good coach. Every round gets a little better to you. You get a second win after you cross over this one race. You find yourself looking for the next race. When you cross over one valley, you find yourself looking for another valley. Why? Because you had a good coach that prepared you for the race. So when you're child of God. Uh, You can't get tired. You just got to renew yourself in the faith of Almighty God. You must press on. Turn to somebody and tell them, press on. on. We must press on. This is not the language of a novice. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? You don't find folks who just got in the way, Somebody, I got to press on. Hello somebody. You ain't done nothing yet. That's why I tell some of these young folks, my grandfather, now, he wasn't a member of the Lord's church. So he would cuss a little bit. And he heard a young person, around here talking about they were tired, he'll let that little S word come out of his mouth first, he said, you don't know what tired is. So you ain't even got a backbone yet, you still got a gristle. I said, these are not the words, Cliff, of a novice. But the writer of this epistle of joy, is an old man. Paul, at this point in his life, Brother Johnson is a veteran. glow trotting preacher. Have had many unique experiences. You know the resume of Paul. Stormed the proud capitals of proud empires in the name of Jesus. Paul, having put out the altar fires of idolatrous goddess Diana. He presses on for it was Paul who having lit the gospel lamp in the presence and palace of Caesar. But Paul had to press on. I said Paul, press on. Look at the labels on his luggage this morning and see how Paul was a globe-trotting apostle. If you look at the labels on his baggage, you will see the city of Tarsus, the city of Damascus, Antioch, Corinth, Athens, Ephesus, and Rome. But I, Paul, I can hear Paul saying, but I press on. Look at him preaching and debating. Look at him defending and expounding on the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was there, Brother Johnson, in many strange places. He had been, Sister Clara, in hostile forums. He had been and had to stand when he had no family. He had to stand when he had no friends. He had to stand when he had no other Christians. He had to stand, I wish I had some help, in the presence of even enemies, He had to stand uh, under suspicion. He had to stand uh, under uh attacks. He had to stand even in prison. He had to stand when he was deserted. He had to stand when he was exiled. But the good thing about it is that that Paul did stand. Some of us don't stand for nothing. That's why we fall for everything. We don't stand for the church. We don't stand for the doctrine. We don't stand for the work because we have fallen for everything. we got to come to a point to understand That we must press on. Even when we have headaches, we gotta press on. Through harder, you gotta press on. Tell somebody to press on. I hope you mean it when you tell them. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta press on. I tell you that the writer of this statement, I told you he was no novice. He knows the pain of sickness. Sister Clara, he knows the thorns. In his flesh, Brother Johnson, can I preach it like I feel it? He knows the pain of being in prison. He knows the pain of 39 stripes. I said he knows the pain of being beaten with rods three times. He knows the pain, Sierra, of being stoned and mistress. He knows the pain of hunger and thirst. He knows the pain, he says the greatest pain, was being, uh, being treated, mistreated by false brethren. He listened to him, church, he had been in a shipwreck. But that wasn't his greatest pain. He had been beaten within inches of his life. But that was not his greatest pain. He had been exiled, but that wasn't his greatest. He said the greatest pain was dealing with false brethren. Can I translate that for you? In our day and time, that means phony people. How many of you have had to deal with some phony folk in your life? But I hear Paul says. Brother Johnson in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. We are troubled. On every side, I wish I had some saints in here who've been through some stuff. He said, yet not distressed. He says that we are perplexed, but not in despair. Paul says that we are persecuted, but he has not forsaken us. I tell you, I'd rather be in a lion's den with God than to be on Fifth Avenue by myself. I would rather be in a fiery furnace with God than to be in a house with millions of dollars all by myself. Paul, all he's trying to get you to understand that all you gotta do is keep putting one foot in front of the other. Stay in the race because God is gonna give you the power. Keep on stepping because God is gonna strengthen your body. Keep on running because God is gonna strengthen your body your laser. I come to tell you it does not matter what's before you. Press on! Press on! I wish I had two people say, press on! Because God will give you what you need. He said, we're for, not forsaken. We're cast down. But we're not destroyed. I can see Paul looking at his enemies, say, how do you like me now? <laughs> or oh, you men it for evil. But God meant it for good. I ain't even got to my first point yet. Y'all got time? That was just my introduction. But let me give you the first point. We must press on in spite of the pains. I said, we got to press on, church, in spite of our pains. Modern man wants to live in a painless society. We rely on aspirants to relieve the stress and induce headaches we rely on relaxants to ease our overworked muscles we rely on antacids to soothe our overworked stomachs in the athletic world there is a motto brother Johnson no pain no gain some of y'all couldn't say that cause y'all ain't know nothing about no athletics In order to become a true champion, now I'm talking spiritually now, you must, CP, listen to me, you must learn how to endure some pain. We got too many people in the used to be club because they have given over to the pain and heartaches of mistreatment. I know it's easy to sit back and do nothing and point a finger of criticism to everything somebody else does. But if you're gonna be a champion CP, if you're gonna be a CCP, a champion CP, you're gonna to have to learn how to endure some pain. You see, there is pain, Brianna, in becoming, uh, in becoming a great track runner. There's pain in becoming a great doctor. There's pain in becoming a great accomplished musician. There's pain in becoming an erudite scholar. I said there's pain in becoming a great baseball player. If you don't believe me, ask Michael Jordan. He'll tell you there's pain in becoming a great Baseball, a basketball player. If you don't believe Michael, ask a Tiger. He'll tell you there's pain in becoming a great golfer. If you don't believe Tiger, ask Brother Johnson, and he'll tell you there's pain in being a good. Pa- I was I some help here. Being a good pastor. Every good father knows there's heartache and pain in being a good father. Every good mother knows it's heartache in pain. Why don't you say, amen, Janelle, being a good mother, if you're going to be great at something, you're going to have to learn how to endure some pain. Turn to somebody and ask them, can you handle it? Come on, ask somebody else, can you handle it? Now get your mind out the gutter, ain't come out your boot. I'm asking you, can you handle the pains of life? And I come to tell you with God on your side, there ain't nothing, I said there ain't nothing, that you cannot handle. In running a marathon, all the roads will not be smooth, but there will be some hills that you gotta climb. These are called hills of heartache, hills of heartbreak. Heels of discouragement. Which is, is meant to separate the men from the mice. Am I right about it? The girls from the women. You see, girls can handle certain things in life. But it takes a real woman to handle a real man. I wish I had some. I said it, ta- I said it takes a real woman to handle a real man. Am I right about it? These are heartbreaks. But I hear the Hebrew writer. I, I said I hear the Hebrew writer. Because he's living the Christian life. It's metaphorically compared to a race. Uh, that's why the Hebrew writer says, uh, in Hebrew 12, uh, 1 and 2, uh, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about uh, with so great a cloud of witnesses, uh, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, every the, sur- the superfluous weight, uh, the weight that exceeds our ability <laughs> every snake and every alligator uh, every anonymous and known in the left side every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, uh, the word beset here suggests an ambush uh, it, it, it suggests uh, something that comes out of nowhere, uh, it, it suggests and entrapment you see every now and again Satan will purposely lay a snare for you that's why you gotta understand that you gotta press on because Satan is aiming to get you Paul said every weight in seeing and let us run with patience the race which is before us I'm almost done, but I need somebody to turn to somebody and say, just be patient patient. and press on. on. Come on, tell somebody else like you mean it. Just be patient patient. and press on. on. Listen to him say, looking unto Jesus, Mm -hmm. who is the author and the finisher of our faith. For for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I wish I had some help despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God uh, the throne of God we can trust Jesus because he's already endured every temptation that we have endured he has faced brother Johnson he has faced every hurdle of life that we have to face he had been tried and tempted on every hand, But he met the race, and he finished his course. Church, this race, as I go to my seat, is not a sprint. It's not a quick burst of energy. But it is a long-distance race. I wish I had some folks our know some about racing. Uh, we must run, but we must run steadily with patience. You see, when you are running for Jesus, there will be some heels of discouragement. But you got to keep on running. The devil's greatest weapon is discouragement. And he knows how to put the weapon of discouragement in your daddy's hand. He knows how to put the weapon of discouragement in your mother's hand. He knows how. How to put the weapon of discouragement in your church member hand. If he can get you down, he'll keep you down. I think I said something. If the devil can get you down, he'll keep you down. He wants to defeat you. But those little two words, press on, have energizing and marching music in them. Get up and go power the soul. Can I preach it like a it, church? Sometimes you will give your best and your best seems like it's not good enough. But you gotta press on. Sometimes dreams, uh, despair will turn you aside. But you got to, I'm going to my seat church, but you gotta press on. Sometimes our footsteps Fault every now and again. But I stopped by the, can I preach it like I feel it? You gotta press on in spite of deep valleys. Press on, y'all gonna help me preach it? In spite of wide rivers. Press on in spite of betrayal of friends and rejections of relatives and being misunderstood, you gotta Every child of God ought to be encouraged today. As I go to my seat by these two little words, we cannot give up, church. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care how low the attendance come. You gotta keep on pressing on. If Set you back. Press on. If your marriage is shaky, press on. If children are not living right, I know something about that. You gotta press on. If stumbling blocks are thrown in your way, you gotta press on. If you have weakness and shortcomings, don't you give up? Don't you give in? Don't you give out? You just gotta press on. If you're getting weary, and heaven, anybody got any heaven-lady hearts? make you wet your pillow sometime at night but you gotta press on if you get tired and you be in the fault get up anyway and press on when folk criticize you don't give up don't give in press on I said you gotta press on a winner never quits and a quitter never wins Thomas Thomas Edison made about 18,000 experiments before he perfected electricity. Uh-huh. Dr. Jonas Salk, he worked 16 hours a day for three years to perfect the polio vaccine. All right. As you press on, you got to say with Paul, that veteran runner, <laughs> that veteran runner, I can do all things Christ. I'm closing church. Who strengthens me? You gotta press on. When he spoke nothing, became something, as it did in creation. I'm talking about God. When he condemned something, became nothing, as it did with the fig tree. I'm talking about Jesus. When he commanded the sea silence and the wind to hush, they obeyed him rule because he is God all by himself. We have the captain. Of our salvation, uh, who defeats any army. Uh, he is the great physician, uh, who heals the afflicted. Uh, I'm telling you why you ought to be encouraged uh, and press on. Uh, we have a firm foundation. Uh, it's getting good to me now. Uh, we have a firm foundation uh, who strengthens the weak. Uh, he is the rock uh, of all ages who will help us keep our feet in slippery places, He is the burden bearer who lifts up our bowed down heads. I'm trying to tell you why you can press on. He is the fountain of little water who refreshes the tired and weary he is the rose of Sharon who delights in the exhausted he is the prince of peace who calms the trouble he is the firstborn from the dead who revives the hopeless we gotta press on in spite of the pain but suddenly, as I leave you I just got one more point for you We not only must press on In spite of the pain But we must press on Because of the game The end of the running In the Olympics Is a gold medal To the first place runner The end Of a baseball team Is to win The World Series the end of a great uh, uh, baseball player is to be inducted into the baseball hall of fame. Right. But the end of running for every faithful child of God is to go to a place called heaven. Right. Listen to the words of Paul. First Corinthians 9, 24... And twenty-five. It's all right to read the Bible a little bit. Know <laughs> ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So one that you might obtain. <laughs> but listen to Paul. who said, "And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things." Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we, an incorruptible crown. All Paul is trying to tell you is that in human races, there can only be one superior winner. But what he encourages us is to remind us that in the spiritual race, everyone that runs and holds out to the end will receive a crown of life. I hear Jesus say in John 14 and 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I hear the revelator John say in Revelations 21, I hear him say that old John says, and I saw a new heaven, and a new earth. He says for the first heaven, And the first eight had passed away, and there was no more sea. But John says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down. I said, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride before her husband. Listen to his words, he said, and I heard a great voice out of the heavens saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself, I said God himself, he will be with them, and be their God. I like this part. John says, and God shall wipe away all tears, from their eyes (laughs) and there should be no more death I'm trying to tell you why you gotta press on, there will be no more sorrow, I'm trying to tell you why you gotta press on, there will be no more crying, I'm trying to tell you why you gotta press on, CP, there should be no more pain, and the former things have passed, I wish I had somebody excited, why you have to stay in the race, and why you gotta press on, today we hear the noise, of the battles of thy world and society. But tomorrow we'll hear the victory song of the king. That's why we got to press on. We are bound for the promised land. Press on because heaven is still a sinless city. Heaven is the sickless city. Heaven is the fearless city. Heaven is the nightless city. Heaven is the painless city. Heaven is the troubleless city. There's no more pain in heaven. No more goodbyes. No more sick days. No more storm clouds to rise. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna press on because the beauties of heaven excites me. The happiness of heaven me. The treasures of heaven escalate me. The population of heaven invites and inspire me. So I don't know about you, but one of these days I want to see him, and I want to look upon his face. There will be no more pain and no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more mass shootings. Won't have to say bye-bye no more. Every I'll be howdy howdy, and never goodbye. The question is, will you stay in the race long enough to make it to the finish line if you're going to make it you got to press on do not allow the wares and the tears of this old sinful life to cause you to get out of the race you ought to be telling every friend you ought to be telling every relative you ought to be telling every neighbor and every coworker that you got to press on if you're going to see God's face in peace, you've got to press on. You can't give up. You can't give out. And you can't give in. That's why you've got to keep your eyes on the Lord. See, Daddy is human. He might let you down. Mama is human. She might let you down. Your husband... He's human. He might let you down. Your wife, she's flesh and blood. She might let you down. How many of us can testify that our children has gotten off of our lap, but they stay on our pressing nerves? They might let you down. But I come to tell you there's a man named Jesus. And he has conquered every temptation He's conquered every sin. He's conquered every trial. Uh He's crossed every hurdle. He's climbed every mountain. Uh And he's powerful and strong enough to take the sting from death Uh and the victory from the grave. He has taken away the power of sin. And he's going to prepare a place for you. And all he's telling you is that through all the trouble, through all your trial, through all your temptation, don't stop you got to press on. You know, I'm at a point in my life now, I'm at an age, uh, uh, chronologically, and I'm at an age, spiritually, I've been preaching now for 40 years. And I'm just at an age and point in my life where I don't play with people anymore. And I don't, my patience is short for liars when they come to the church. And, and I'm just at a place now where I tell people, listen, there's just no excuse for you to fail God. I don't care what you're going through. There is no excuse for you not to come to church if you are not at work and if you are not sick. There is no excuse. And I need to tell you that on the day of judgment, God ain't taking no excuses. He's been clear. He's given too much. He sacrificed his only child. And he's not going to take any excuses. So if we're going to be the church that God truly wants us to be in this community Amen. it's going to have to take for everybody yes, everybody yes, to get serious about your commitment to God Amen. and this local congregation right. and get busy Amen. get busy working for the king you can't stay in the race if you're not in the race Amen. and you ain't going to finish the race if you ain't conditioned for the race you remember when, when when um Muhammad Ali uh, was getting ready to face Sonny Liston? Now this was before my time, but you know I like reading. I like reading, and and I love doing research. And he was preparing for Sonny Liston, and and if you go back and look at the research on it and the and the writing on it. He was an underdog. Seven to one. He was an underdog. Muhammad Ali. Who is now deemed as the greatest fighter of all time. Um, but Sonny Liston was known as a bully. A powerhouse. Matter of fact, he used to be part of the mob. And he was a hit man. Serve time and do your homework serve time in prison and, and, and part of his 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 defeat and, and I believe uh, Mike Tyson knew, uh, did a little reading up on him because part of his defeat was intimidation before the ring because you know they knew who he was and he was serious he was, and he was a power puncher and he never went most of his fights never went past the first round but you know something That Muhammad Ali had. Because he wasn't known as a power puncher. But what he had. Was confidence. In his conditioning. His training. And he knew that Sonny Liston. Was only going to train. For one round. I'm going to bless your life. If you let me today. He knew Sonny Liston was going to train for one mile. And, and, and the record says, Brother Johnson, that in his preparation, Marcus, Sonny Liston only ran one mile a day as opposed to the five that he would normally run. It was reported that he ate hot dogs in bad food during his training for his fight with Muhammad Ali. He did not condition himself. For the match and Muhammad Ali had a prediction that he was going to win in the 8th round but he was so quick and he depended and he relied on his training, his conditioning that he danced around and he floated around and Sonny Liston couldn't hit him and so he wore himself out trying to hit him and by the 6th round he was worn out Because he did not condition himself for the fight. When the bell rang for the seventh round, he refused to come out. Because he did not condition or prepare for the battle. Muhammad Ali was declared the winner. And in the second fight, he technically knocked him out. You see what happened? And it was in, it was in less round, much less round. And the reason why? Because see, his first win conditioned him for his second win. Right. Oh, That's right. That's right. All I'm trying to tell you is that when you get on God's team and you allow God to condition you, every round, every battle, every struggle is going to condition you and encourage you to be ready for the next. But if you mess around and get used to being a loser, not only are you going to be satisfied with losing, you're not going to even try. You're not going to even try. You're not going to try to do better in Sunday school. You're not going to try to do better in Bible class. You're not going to try to do better in your church attendance. You're not going to try to do better in soul winning. You're not going to try to do better in your giving. You're not going to try to do better in evangelism. You're not going to try to do better in anything when you start to accept Where you are. I told Brother Johnson. Many of you. Many of you. When you made it to this location. In your heart and mind. You have made it to Canaan. Did I tell you that? See it was a struggle. And a fight. And a bite. When you were trying to get. When you were trying to achieve. When you get this beautiful building. Look at it. Look at this beautiful building. Plush carpet. Perfect. I don't know if somebody cute dog. I don't know if they are cute dog. Or I don't know. I'm just saying. Beautiful chandeliers, beautiful accommodations, nice cushion chairs. But we have to understand we have not arrived yet. This is just a blessing. But we have not made it to our spiritual Canaan, which is that we must press on. If you haven't been in the race, get in the race. If you're in the race, stay in the race. And pray to God. Give him your all. And he'll bless you. Stand on your feet. It's time to pray. It's time for repentance. It's time for a new start. If you have not done all that you can do in this ministry. If you have not been all you need to be in this ministry. It's time to start over today. We want to sing a song of encouragement. If you need to be saved and baptized for the remission of your sins, you have to hear the word of God, Mark twelve twenty-nine. You must